When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the tour report from Secret Golf. Well, the race to the finish line of the 2023 season is on on the PGA Tour. Three events to go in the FedEx Fall. And Elk, this week, it's off to Mexico for the Worldwide Technology Championship. Now, we used to call this Mayakoba. It was Mayakoba forever. But it's moved to the other side in Cabo. And, um, well, a bit of a special course this week. Yeah, I played this one. Diamante, Diane. I haven't played the Tiger Woods course. It was under construction when I was there. Uh, the other course... Uh, was built by Davis Love, and I played there. The thing that I remember, Diane, about this course is it's so windy. It blows <laughs> massive amount every day, and, and uh, I think when we were there, it was blowing 30 or 40, and they said that was totally average. But we know that Tiger Woods did this course. We know it was kind of a resort style, but they have some back tees, wide fairways, all the zoysia grass, so the lies are going to be super. Uh, keeping the ball out of the desert shouldn't be too much of a problem. As I say, it's very wide. But we know with the Tiger Woods design, Diane, there's going to be some angles that are preferable to get into some of these uh, greens. We know that they're huge greens. They have to be because it's very windy. But, you know, we've got – we're coming down to the end here. We don't have a great field, but there's a lot at stake because these guys are trying to keep their card for next year, and there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, um, the course is El Cardinal. We'll talk about that in a minute. But let's talk about that pressure and just where we are in the season right now. Because, as I said, three events to go. We have this, Bermuda next week, and then the RSM Classic in Sea Island, Georgia, to round everything off. Now, the top 125 will gain their full playing privileges for 2024. So 125 is obviously the number, 126 to 150 get conditional status. But the big 10 positions for this FedEx fall is number 51 to 60. And there's a lot on the line because if the guys finish within this FedEx fall top 10, they get into the first two signature events of next year. And we know that those are the big money events. So those are the kind of pivotal places. We're, we're following a lot of numbers basically over the next three weeks. Yeah, I mean, this is sort of the end of the year. Guys are exhausted from playing or in this case, these tour players have been sat on the bench quite a bit since the Tour Championship. They've only, I think they've only played five of the last 12 weeks on the PGA Tour, ready to get out there, ready to see what they can do. I've got a few picks this week, Diane, that are outside, or one of them's outside of the uh, top 125. I'm not even sure how he is because he's got some nice stats to back it up. So I'll be talking about him here in a little bit. But um, 
as you say, this is a combination of guys that have already in the top 50, guys like Sahith Vagala are down there, Ludberg Aberg, he's already got his car, but I'm sure he's thinking ahead, trying to maybe get a win this week, Diane, and get into all those tournaments next year. I'm sure that's why mm-hmm. he's there. But uh, this week for me, Diane, as I handicap this event, yes, I am taking into account the pressure and where they are on the money list, but I'm really looking at who plays well in the wind. Well, we, you know, you said there that the guys are exhausted, but it's been a very stop-start part of the season for them. And, for example, you know, last week there was an off week. The week before that was the Zozo, smaller field, not everyone played. So it has been, you know, you get a run of a few events, then you have to stop. Then you go again, then you have to stop. So I can see that that has been frustrating for many. I'm exhausting here. Yeah. Obviously, physically, they've had a chance to get themselves ready, but exhausting mentally because if you're a tour player that you're sort of down there in the 100 to 150 area, you sort of feel like you're not getting a full shake of the stick here because all the good players since the since the Tour Championship and the Ryder Cup and so-so, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of being excluded, Diane, from having a game of golf for some money, uh, as you mm-hmm. say, or I, I said, they've only played five of the last 12 weeks, and that's... That's tough. If you're a tour player, you want to play every week if you're trying to get your card. Yeah. And, you know, now there's three events. And for some guys that are in that kind of danger zone, these are the three events where the foot to the floor, they have to get as many points as possible. I'm I'm sure it's split, but it'll be good to get your opinion and what your mindset was. Are you looking at the number or are you thinking go out and play well because good play will take care of a lot? Well, what you just finally said there, good play takes care of a lot. But no, you're very well aware of the number. You, If you're sitting at 130th on the money or on the FedEx Cup, you know who's ahead of you. You know how many points that you've got to get to get yourself into the 125. And 125 wouldn't be good enough because you said there's two more weeks after this. So they're looking at yeah. what is the number at 110, the 110th mm-hmm. FedEx Cup how many points is that? Let's say it's 30 points. Okay, how do I get 30 points? This week I've got to be top 20. So if I'm teeing off in the afternoon on Thursday and I already see that four under is tied for 25th, I'm going to change my game plan. I'm shooting at every flag to try to get to five under, six under on the first day. I mean, i got to, I got to throw everything at it, Diane. Yeah, okay. Well, um, having a look at the FedEx standings right now, Eric Van Royen is the bubble boy, so to speak, at 125. He's had a couple of good weeks. Um, You know, just looking at some notables who are out with the 125, Cameron Champ sitting at 127. Someone else that's really found something in his game lately and he's been playing well and and been making some moves up there, so very close. Um, Jimmy Walker, 129. Patton Kazire at 130. He's fallen over the last couple of weeks because he was with in um, you know and then looking at guys that are kind of in the danger zone CT Pan at 124 Chesson Hadley you've been on him a lot lately 122 Maverick McNeely this is an interesting one he's at 121 but he had surgery on his shoulder I think back in June and he's making his comeback this week because obviously he is not in a safe space and and still looking for his debut victory on the PGA Tour. Uh, Peter Malnati at 119, Henrik Norlander 117. So, you know, obviously when we give our picks this week and go through the field, we'll take a look at those numbers in a bit more detail. But yeah, um, 
what would you say is the safe number? So, you know, what number are guys sitting at? For example, Kevin Streelman, I saw that he has COVID and had to withdraw and he's sitting at 93rd in the standings and is going to miss two weeks. Is he safe? He's, yeah, he's safe for sure. I think um, there's not that much volatility. Uh, I was talking to a few of the players and, and it's all about, you know, how many points can you get? I mean, it used to be money, right? You used to know that you mm -hmm. were... 40 grand behind the spot and now now it's points so um okay we're going to play with points but i'd say 110 if i was coming out of this week 110th that'd be 15 guys of cushion that'd be seven mm -hmm. guys per week that have to go by me if i miss the cut in the next two weeks so yeah i'd say 110 would be safe for okay. me all right then. Well, let's have a look at the course. So as you said, it's at the Diamante Resort in Cabo. It's El Cardinal and it was Tiger's first ever design, opened in 2014. And this is the first time that a Tiger Woods course has been played in a PGA Tour event. So big week for him. Um, obviously, he's not playing right now and, and we don't know when he's going to be back in action, but he's going to be talked about a lot this week. Um, I read about the course and what he said about the design and he said that he wants to challenge the golfers to think and really strategize and make choices. And as you said, a lot of angles out there, but the course is very open, wide, wide fairways and enormous greens. Yeah, and I think that has to be smart in the design idea, Diane, because it's so windy. When I say it's windy, I'm telling you, it's windy over there. <laughs> I mean, we could barely stand up. Sam and I played there with one of our friends as a member, and we were on the other course. It's just around from the famous arches in Cabo. You go around mm. and over the hill and down to this area, so it's right looking right into the ocean, and that wind just comes straight off the ocean, straight up the course. I think this course was set on a north-south angle so that it would take the wind in and out because the cross breezes, amateurs would just finish up in the desert all day long. So... Everything about this course was built and designed, length, width of fairways, size of greens, uh, turf conditions, all to accommodate the very windy sort of location that this course is at. They had a hurricane there just a few weeks ago, didn't they? Like, I'm sure that there was like a, a hurricane warning because the winds were so strong. And I'm sure that was a little bit of panic to make sure that the course was going to be all right to hold this tournament. Well, I looked at the I looked up the um, wind conditions on the Weather Channel, and it says seventeen to twenty miles an hour. That's in Cabo, so yeah. I remember when I was there. It was calling for five to ten miles an hour in Cabo, but when we got around out to Diamante, it was twenty five, thirty five, forty. So yeah. I just think it's I just got a feeling it's going to be a very windy week um, out there, and it's going to be all about getting used to this course as quickly as they can. Nobody's played it, nobody's seen it. Um, I think it will favour the longer hitter. Mm -hmm. I've got my team pretty set for, for my three players are pretty long uh, players. But more importantly, uh, you know, playing well in the wind is the key. And what does it take to play well in the wind? You know, you've got to be able to control your iron shots, keep them down, keep them, keep the ball pin high. What you can't do is you can't just launch these balls up into the air and let the wind, you know, take it wherever. You've got to keep it down. You've got to be able to pitch the ball well. And guys that score well in the wind, Diane, are usually very good putters because okay. it is different when you're putting uh, in the wind. You have to allow for a little bit. You've got to stay very still. You've got to pick your line, make good reads with the, with the wind. So guys that aren't putting well, it's a bit of a nightmare when you get on a super windy place. 
Okay. Um, and the course opens and closes with relatively easy par fives. Um, a lot of elevation changes, especially on the first. It's a dramatic downhill par five. Um, low scoring. We're going to see a lot of birdie chances, obviously, this week. And I'm excited to see the course. I mean, I heard a few people say that it's a trek. Like, it's going to be... Uh, quite a grueling walk um, for the players and caddies, for the spectators too. But obviously you have the Pacific Ocean right there and the views are incredible. So we're going to get to enjoy that this week. But this resort golf, that's something that I've taken into consideration with my picks too, because um, I'm sure everybody enjoys going to these vacation destinations for PGA Tour events. But some guys really do typically play better than others when it comes to this style of course. Yeah, and I think it won't be as severe a walk as, say, Kapalua. But, it, you know, if I'm just going, I, I remember the other course, and it's pretty hilly or, or, or slopey, but uh, the Tiger course is actually below that one. So it has a grade of about 4% all the way from back to front. But I, I think it's just a long walk. I mean, anyone that plays this course, a member or a guest, they don't they don't walk it. They're playing in a golf cart with their music on yeah. and their drinks in, their, drinks in the holders, Diane, down in Mexico. But it's a very high-end place. Services off the charts. They have barbecues. Uh, they have those comfort stations every six holes. I don't think they'll be having those with the uh, tour players. But <laughs> it's a very, it's a very high-end resort. A lot of fun to go there and play. Big homes, yeah. five, ten million dollar homes, all up and down the side of the coast there. Yeah, my brother said the resort is stunning. It's huge. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited to see it this week. But we are going to go through our picks. So, as always, we'll give you our outright favourites, ones to watch, and then those dark horse picks. And um, we'll give you the, the outright odds. Then when it comes to our dark horses, we'll have a look at what they are for, like, a top five, a top ten finish as well to see what you think. Um I was going to say who the Vegas favourite is this week, but I have a feeling that he's going to be top of your board, so I'm going to let you kick things off. Well, we're talking, of course, about Ludwig Aberg. How'd I do on that? <laughs> Pretty good? Yeah. Um, yeah. I had listened to PGA Tour Radio, and they were talking to him. Ludwig Aberg. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to leave it with you there. Um as I said in the opening, I think the only thing left for this young man is to get himself into all those big events next year. He doesn't want to get on tour and then have these tournaments invite him every week. That's not a that's not a good feel for a young young man that's just been on the Ryder Cup and he's won already in Europe. I'm picking uh, Ludwig because he went to school in Lubbock, Texas, probably the windiest place on earth. Uh, other than where Mark Leishman is from in Australia. Now, you you have some experience coming from Scotland with some wind, but Lubbock, Texas, Diane, is so windy. And I saw a video of him the other day playing at a new course up there in Lubbock called uh, Red Feather, and it was blowing about 50 miles an hour, and he hit this most incredible driver shot onto this hole, uh, long par four. And that's not the reason I'm picking him. I'm picking him because... The course is pretty wide open off the tee. This young man smashes it off the tee, long hitter, putts well, already had all this um, success so far. Ryder Cup win, one in Switzerland, already got his card next year. He's He doesn't have to tiptoe around amongst these tour players, not that he was, but now he's in next year anyway. What is left for him to do except play well on a super windy course? And mm -hmm. that's who I'm picking this week because I just think it's going to happen. 
and I'm going to be okay. on him when he does it. And he is Vegas' favorite at 10 to 1. Um, I just checked, and he's actually fallen a little bit on some places to 9 to 1. Um, but yeah, he is the um, overwhelming favorite this week. And I mean, Aberg is going to be a rising, he's going to be a star. He's a rising star now. I mean, he played in his first Ryder Cup, the winning Ryder Cup team, having never played in a major before. So that just shows the caliber of play that he's demonstrated from just college turning pro in June um, and then what he's achieved so far. So he's 99th in the FedEx Cup standings right now. So well, he became number one in the world when he was at Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that tells me that the wind didn't bother him at all being up there, learning to play in it, playing in it every day. I mean, so yeah, I'm I'm all over the wind this week. This that's my okay. that's my theory. Okay, well that really helps me with my pick. Um, not that I needed it, but my guy went to college in Texas. But not only that, he is from South California. So being from South California. He's, you know, Cabo's not a million miles away. Maybe he took a vacation to Cabo. Um, but, the, you know, Tiger Woods is South Cali. We know that. And he said that when he designed this course, he drew on a lot of inspiration from courses that he played when he was growing up. So the same is going to apply to this guy. As I said, Texas, that windy influence when he was playing at college. And nobody is playing better than Bo Hostler in the FedEx fall right now. He's sitting at number 51. Now remember, 51 to 60, those guys get into the first two signature events of next year. So it's a really important place to be. Um, if you look at his last four starts, 30th, 28th, 7th, and 2nd. You know, so he's found this form in his game really at the right time. Five top 20s in his last eight starts. Um, and he's been gaining strokes in all area of his game. He's 34th in putting average for the season. Um, but I just think, like, he's playing so well. He's in contention every week right now. And he's sitting at a great place in the standings. He's still looking for his first win on tour as well. Um, and I think that Bo Hostler is just in a, a perfect position right now to get that win and to make sure that he's playing in all the big events for next year. So 30 to 1, I loved it, bearing in mind how well he's playing, as I said, Bo Hostler, to win this week in Mexico. I like it. I've been on Bo Hostler on and off, as you know, during the season. Uh, he's kind of catching light, lightning in a bottle. You, you know, when he mm -hmm. starts to hit it straight off the tee, he's very dangerous. And he, he shows up quite a bit once he gets going. Right, so yeah, I'm taking Bo Hosler up top at 30 to 1, and you have Ludwig Aubert at <laughs> 10 to 1. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, we're going to be talking about this guy for years and years to come, and uh, it's going to be a, a running joke the way that I pronounce his name from now on, isn't it? It is, for sure. Nobody okay. can duplicate that, what you're doing there. <laughs> Okay then. Right, so one to watch, guys, at slightly higher odds. Um, I'll let you kick off who you are looking at this week. We know he's going to be good in the wind. Well, this man is sitting at the 140th, a very dangerous position. And I actually don't know how this young player is actually at 140th because as I look at his stats, he's 30th in putting for the season and 64th in driving. So that should put him, I mean, if Scotty Scheffler was 30th in putting, he would have won. 50 million dollars this mm. year so usually when uh players you know aren't doing that well you can point to putting and driving however 
this man only wins golf tournaments on super windy courses. He's won the Irish Open. And, Diane, I picked this man to win in Bermuda a couple of years ago for his maiden victory. Of course, I'm talking about the Aussie mate, Lucas Herbert, or, as you say, Lucas Bear over here. You can <laughs> take your pick, whichever one you want. But he's 140th, Diane, on FedEx Cup, which I find very uh, perplexing. He's got this week, and then he goes back to Bermuda next week. But th- I know this this kid, and he plays so well in the in the wind. That's why I picked him to win in Bermuda. But this has got to be his time to get himself out of the 140th position, Diane, don't you think? Yeah. Um, and as you say, you know, you are looking at the golf that he grew up playing and where he's had success before, and they marry to basically being the winning formula for this week as well. So, yeah, he's a great player, you know, great talent. And, yeah, I'll never forget when you were on him for that victory. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, just, <clears throat> I just don't see how he can stay there at 140th, uh, the way he plays in the wind, Diane, for the next two weeks. Yeah. I think it's going to be this – is, this is his shot. He knows it. Uh, he plays um, well in this type of environment. He, he, you know, when you're overseas, away from home in Bermuda – uh, and now we're here we are in Mexico. There's certain players that do better than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And putting great right now as well, ranked 11th in the field this week um, for putting. Yeah. So 40 to 1 for Lucas Herbert. My one to watch, I was very excited about. And then he withdrew from the tournament. But I thought this was going to be Joel Damon's week to get his second win on tour. He had won in Punta Cana, has played well in Mexico before, but. Um, it wasn't to be. So I'm going to take, it's funny because my one to watch actually has lower odds than my uh, winner. Winner, than my outright winner. But I was between the two of them. So I'm just going to go with Emiliano Grillo as my one to watch. Um, I found him at 28 to 1. And the the good thing is, going from what you said, how, you know, playing windy conditions in Texas, that's where he got his win, isn't it? At the Charles Schwab Challenge earlier this season. Um, so he's fine. He's got everything locked up for next year, but he's obviously playing this tournament to get a win and has found some form lately. He finished um, top 10 at the Zozo two weeks ago. And that was a good result for him after two consecutive missed cuts. His his putting has always been such a strength of his game and his approach, but they've been pretty poor of late. But he obviously found something in Japan and he hopes to take it to Mexico. He's played well here before, obviously not at this course, but in this tournament. So maybe that's going to be a nice little spark for him. But I like Emiliano Grillo this week. As I said, almost picked him as my outright favourite, but went with Hostler in the end. However, I'm going to put him up there as well. 28 to 1 for Emiliano Grillo this week. I like him every time he plays. And he might finish up being yeah. the favourite this week. Diane speaks the lingo and the locals down there got to hang their hat on somebody. So I'd like to see, see Grillo get going and get some yeah. home feel in there. Okay, right. So I'm taking Emiliano Grillo 28 to 1 and you have Lucas Herbert at 40 to 1. Um, we're not really... Oh, I mean, we talked about this before. It's hard to make picks for these events right now because the field, there's a real breadth of field. We have a lot of guys from Corn Ferry Tour that are playing right now. Um, you know, a lot of the big names are sitting out the FedEx fall. 
Sahitha Gala teeing it up this week, Cameron Young, Ludwig Aubert, as you said. But it's I find these events tricky to handicap right now. Um, and for me, it's the guys that are sitting around about like 60, 70, 80 to 1 are the really tough ones to pick. Well, this is the toughest tournament ever to pick. You don't have, when I because it's so difficult, and as you've noted, when you have all the top players up there, let's say we have 20 of the top players in the world playing, they establish a sort of a, for us, they establish a total score for the week. 20, all 20 of them combined, they're going to get to a certain number. It might not be six of them or four of them, but they, there's someone going to be up there. Who can beat mm-hmm. that? But when you come to a sort of a, a washed out field, as you've noted, there were some good players playing. We're looking on true, true form. We're looking on some experience. We're looking on guys. That are, why are they there? What, what do they need to do to get their tickets? Can they play yeah. under this sort of extra pressure? There's more pressure, Diane, this week on a lot of players than there would be at the Players' Championship, to be honest. Because if you've got in the Players' Championship, you've done quite well and you've you sort of got yourself set. But this one here, when you're playing for your job, I actually haven't experienced that except when I went to tourist school, but it's a very daunting task and it uh, mm. gets a little overwhelming sometimes for players. I know your brother, Russell Knox, who is sitting, I watched, look where he is. We, we don't talk about it too much, but he's in that position. And what is, what is his mindset? How is, he, how is his mindset going down? I know your brother has a good attitude, but. Yeah, he's, um, you know, switched up his caddy. He's gone back to his old caddy. Someone you know well, Bradley Whittle. Um, they've had a lot That's of success together. going to for the next three weeks, for sure. Yeah. So Bradley was on Russell's bag when he won the WGC, when he won the Travelers. Um, he has a new coach that he's working with. He's got a new mental coach that he's working with. He's feeling confident about his game right now, which is good. And he's had success in Mexico, too. He loves playing in the wind, obviously. Um, so... I mean, yeah, it's a good been, opportunity for him for the next few weeks. Yeah, I've been crunching the numbers myself, and for he's at one forty. How many points does he need? He needs a hundred points to get up to round about the one twenty-five, and a hundred points. Split, if we split those hundred points up over three weeks, what is that position-wise? Thirty each week to give someone an idea. Well, to get one hundred points would be finishing fifteenth. So, if he could have a, a top 20 finish this week. That would put him in a really good position to have two more good weeks and kind of jump his way in. So, yeah, you know, it's scary. It's a very nerve-wracking time. <laughs> um, I just have one other guy that I want to talk about because I said it was hard to find guys that around about the 50, 60, 70. 66 to 1, Sam Ryder this week. Yeah. Could be a really good pick. Um, his numbers are good. Seventh in approach. He is sixth in putting, nine and ninth in strokes gain total. Um, the off the tee stat is the only one that's in the red right now. But Sam Ryder's been playing well too. Yeah, it's going to be a matter of, is this a bomber's course? I know the other course, uh, the Davis Love course, if you hit it long, like my son Sam, it really, mm-hmm. really helped him a lot over there. You know, chop off a lot of these angles that Tiger is obviously going to put into this course. We don't, we don't know yet because we haven't seen it, but we know Tiger Woods is not going to just have uh, milk, milk toast uh, tee shots, Diane. There's going to be some angles <laughs> he's created and some drop-offs that it's better if you're over here. I mean, that's just the way Tiger Woods is built. He's not going to make yeah. it just simple. But uh, yeah. Right, well, dark horses. And I've heard a rumor that you are nowhere near 100 to 1 this week. Well... Can you I'm sort of having a, I'm having a moment here. It's a sort of an introduction of a new player 
that hardly anyone knows about, but it's obviously the the uh, the secret is out because he's he's at about sixty to one. Um, I'm talking about a young man named, and a lot of people have already may know the name Chris Goddard. And let mm-hmm. me tell you a little bit about him. He uh, he's from the northeast. He went to Rutgers. Good player. He just just graduated uh, from the from the Corn Ferry Tour onto the PGA Tour. So we'll see him next year. But some of the things I like about Goddard is he's a very long hitter. He's, he would already he averages 335 yards off the tee. He's probably got the fastest ball speed of any tour player out there under the gun, meaning that uh, when when the gun goes off, you'll see guys like Rory that'll sort of cruise around at 180 miles an hour uh, ball speed. Gutter ups up there around 190, 195, mm-hmm. just just on his his move, you know, on his move. But his fifth year in college, he went to Oklahoma, and I'm going back to that wind, that wind connection, Diane. So, what is a giant hitter, guy that just graduated from the to the Corn Ferry? What? And he's from the Northeast. He doesn't know anything about being in the wind. <laughs> you better hold on a second. He's he played his fifth year at University of Oklahoma, Diane, and, and won the Fred Ash, uh, Haskins Award, which is the number one player in college. Little ah. known fact, he won the Puerto Rican College Tournament. And the one that they play at uh, East Lake in Atlanta. So I circled the Puerto Rican and I said, hmm, this is kind of a resort. And I played that course in Puerto Rico and it's much tighter than this one. And this guy okay. smashes it. So sort of an introductory, though. Obviously, the word is out that Chris Goddard is my long, my dark horse. I think you got him at about, what do you got him at? 60 to 1 or something like that? Yeah, um, 50 to 1. <laughs> 50, okay. <laughs> All right. And also, he's six to one for the top 10. Okay. Which I like that. I think that's good. Well done on your research. You've put a lot of work into Chris Glotter up. Well, I've been, told by, I've been told by a lot of people around here about this kid. For I've, I've heard mm-hmm. of him for quite a while, including from a few tour players. So, as you know, my recipe when tour players talk about <laughs> other guys coming along, what is it? You listen, right? Listen, listen. Okay, okay. We're going to let you off with that one. Um, this is his fifth start on the PGA Tour. And he's missed one cut in the other four events. Um, had a T35 finish at the RSM Classic. So good on him. And as you say, we're going to be seeing a lot more of him. Um, huge hitter. There's a lot of buzz around Chris Gotter up already. So, okay. My guy has had success in Mexico before on the PGA Tour. He's 170 to 1, somebody whose game you know very well. But the strength of his game, it's not happening for him right now. Patton Kazire, 170 to 1. He won the this tournament when it was at Mayakoba in 2018 and finished within the top 10 last year. Now, Kazire is 130th in the FedEx Cup standings right now. And... He's he's fallen out. He was within the 125, just finished T46 at the Shriners. And, you know, it's kind of knocked him out of the 125. So it's crunch time for him, basically. He's got to play well. Now, the putter has always been his star club. He's always been an amazing putter. But it hasn't really been happening for him lately. Um, What were you going to say? Well, he puts as good as Crenshaw. And he, uh, he, he also... Sort of, it's always with Kazire, you know, it's a little bit about his driving, but he, when he won in Mexico and then he won, I think, very near after in Hawaii, mm-hmm. you know, when you get on a windy course sometimes and you're not a great driver, 
it helps you because you can hit against you hit your ball into the wind against it and knows it's you know it's going to come back so the kind of a guy that's not a great driver could be a disaster but sometimes it helps guys focus in on where they got to hit their ball to get the wind to take it so of course you know how big i am on Patton because i didn't i didn't pick him this week but for obvious reasons you got him but um would love to see him he plays well on this type of grass you know coarse grass uh he you know, Paspalum grass in Mexico, very coarse grass in Hawaii. This is back on zoysia grass. Do you think gra- uh, grass makes a difference? You betcha. You yeah. betcha. And we can chart and tell you where guys win most of their money, and it's usually on similar uh, conditions. Mm-hmm. And I said that the putter has been kind of failing him this season, but when he played in Vegas, okay, he finished 46, but he gained strokes on the greens for the first time since May. So there you go. There's a little bit of momentum for him and, you know, something that he can take as a a positive spark. Looking at the field this week, he's ranked 54th in putting. I mean, his numbers, stats aren't terrible. 56th in approach, 45th around the green, 89th off the tee. But that off the tee number this week, because the course is so wide open and the greens are so big, that's going to be a little bit easier for them to you know, hopefully keep the ball in play. Um, I like Patton this week and I like Patton as a person and I want him to do well and to get his card locked up for next season. So yeah, he's got to do something over the next three weeks. The final event is obviously the one in Sea Island. It's where he lives, um, a course or two courses that he knows very well. But yeah, I'm going to take him. He's 12 to 1 for the top 10 this week or 160 to 1, 170 to 1 as um, an outright winner. But yeah, he's going to be my dark horse. I want him to do well as well. So um, yeah. I did I did talk to my friend Jason Duffner, who's down there trying to do some things for him, trying to get himself into into wherever he's going to be, 150th or so on. But he was down there fishing. It's it's marlin season. A lot of the players were there on the weekend catching fish. He caught a boatload of fish. So he sent me some pictures. <laughs> so that was nice to see. So they're all out there today practicing. I'll get a little bit of a report today. and We might even get back on here and talk about what, what they expect to see out of this course this week. When we say 125 gets you in everything uh, next mm-hmm. year, 125 to 150, what does that get you? probably get you a dozen starts and that would be tournaments like this one we're talking about this week where the bigs aren't playing and if your number is between 125 and 150 you're going to expect to get in 10 to 12 events next year so one a month okay but you only need one good week out there to get yourself back in the game yeah exactly okay well big week this week the worldwide technology championship in cabo in mexico first time we're seeing this tiger course first time a tiger course has been played in a pga tour event so we're excited to watch it obviously we're going to be tracking numbers we're going to be tracking our picks after this we have two weeks to go in the fedex fall bermuda and then the rsm classic and everything is to play for certainly is it's uh, it's crunch time diane we're, we're tracking a bunch of our friends and players that we'd like to see see do well and of course we're looking for that star breakout player this week as well yeah exactly all right well thank you very much for watching and for listening to the tour report and we'll be back next week sports social podcast network